You may be seated, and I'd like to ask you to take God's Word with me this morning to the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter number 16, where we were this morning for our Scripture reading. Very, very thankful for the opportunity to preach and thankful to share God's Word. Um, I'm very thankful that we have a pastor who sees the need of the centrality of Scriptures in our lives. And... Uh, We've been taught that. We've been led that way. I'm thankful for a church that is uh, full in, in many ways of preachers who can stand up. And uh, very, very thankful to be a part of this church. We need to pray for unity. And um, the, Lord, the Lord has blessed. But uh, when you look at the pages of Psalm, you see that the church was unified. And that's when the Lord worked. And so... Um, very thankful to share God's Word this, this morning. Psalm chapter number 16. Uh, when we turn, turn to the book of Psalms, it's a, a book that I think many of you are familiar with, no doubt. We could call it the Hebrew hymn book. And uh, Christians know that when they look at the book of Psalms, that there is an endless stream of refreshing for the thirsty soul. And oftentimes, when we are weary, when we are worn out when when things are getting hard this is the place to turn isn't it to find that refreshing or a feast in a way for the hungry if you are hungry this morning the psalms are for you maybe maybe you are weary and you're worn out well there's a place of rest here and uh, so we turn to the book of psalms and and look and seek the lord in them for those who are struggling in any way the psalms are for you and I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're going through. I know some of you by name. Some of you I, I don't know you but just by your face. And some of you I've never seen before. But I do encourage you that the Word of God, and specifically the Psalms, there's a bomb that is found within. And that bomb you know to be Jesus Christ. And um, But as we turn very specifically to the the, the 16th Psalm, this, this hymn, it, it says it's a... a, a Pardon me if I don't pronounce this right, but a mictum of David. If you have uh, the the notes there uh, directly under the psalm, Psalm 16, the mictum, it, uh, they they believe it is. A, you could translate this to be a golden psalm. Um, Spurgeon said it was a psalm of the precious secret, and uh, no doubt as we read it and as we see a cross reference there in Acts chapter two that this is a messianic psalm. In other words, it reveals to us something very dear, something very real about our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. But in Psalm 16, we find a particularly special jewel. We find that pearl of great price. We find those unsearchable riches, as Paul described it in Ephesians. We find that simple gift. And we find so clearly our Savior. I wonder this morning, do you know the Savior? Have you found Him? Maybe you're here this morning and... This is your first time. Maybe you're here this morning and this is your hundredth time. I wonder, do you know the Savior? Is Jesus Christ, the God of the Bible, Son of the God of the Bible, Jesus Christ, is He your Lord? Is He your Savior? Psalm 16 reveals to us this great treasure. That great treasure, Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you this morning that there is no greater treasure in all the earth than the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no greater treasure in all the earth 
than the Lord Jesus Christ. See, we live in a world that seeks for treasure, doesn't it? You look at, you look at a man like Ponce de Leon back in the 1500s was searching for the fountain of youth. He was looking for, for eternal life and you know that he, he got on a boat during the age of exploration and he sailed across the ocean and went down to Florida and went across the, the, the Central Americas looking for, for hope, looking for this fountain of youth, thinking that he could live forever, thinking that he could find life. But guess what? All he found was turmoil. And ultimately, we know that Ponce de Leon is not existing today. He's dead. He didn't find the treasure he was seeking for, did he? You can look at uh, those who were in America during the gold rush, during the 1800s, and how they went. They, they packed their bags, they packed their wagons, they, they got their horses, they got their mules, and they, they headed west to California, hoping to hit it rich. But most of them didn't hit much of anything except for hardship, run into trials and brokenness. Many of them didn't even make it to the West Coast, they, they fell short long before that. I guess many of you might not know much about the, the gold rush, huh? I was taught it in school. Many of them who did find something, they maybe found a, a few grams of gold, maybe maybe they felt like they really done what good, but guess what? They all ended up dying. And what happened to their gold? Maybe, maybe if they were lucky, it got passed on uh, passed on to their loved ones, but chances are somebody else came along and picked it up. Maybe they were killed and that's why they died and their gold was stolen from them. Maybe, maybe they're seeking for a better life like Elon Musk. You know about him trying to, to find a way to live on Mars. Why in the world would anyone want to live on Mars? I have no clue. Um, and I, I would not want to be on Mars when the Lord returns because the Scriptures speak very clearly that the Lord is coming to the earth. And I want to be here when He gets back, don't you? Uh, but why in the world? Maybe He'll make it. I don't know. Maybe he'll, he'll be able to go to Mars and build His little hut. But why? For what purpose? What kind of treasure could be found there? Everyone's seeking pleasure. In fact, I think most people in this world and, and maybe some of you in this tent this morning are looking for pleasures and treasures and seeking for happiness, seeking for life, seeking for joy. But Hebrews 11 describes it well that they enjoy the pleasures of this world for a season. Everything that this world has to offer, everything that can be found on this planet will someday come to an end. Some of those pleasures come to an end a lot quicker than others. You can, you can drink yourself into a, a pleasured buzz of some kind, but quickly that comes to an end. But even the pleasures of, of, of marriage and a family, and those are things no doubt ordained by God, things that we ought to, to go and seek after. He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Children are in a heritage of the Lord. These are good things, but even these things don't endure forever. But there is one treasure, there is one pleasure that the Scriptures tell us in Psalm chapter 16 are forevermore. And that pleasure, that great treasure, that great rich, that great gold, that great jewel that all of us need this morning, whether you're a Christian or whether you're a lost, what you need this morning is the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, how many of us 
fall into the trap of seeking the pleasures of the world. But the good news is, is that the greatest treasure is not something that is hard to seek after. It is not something that is hard to find. It is not something that is hidden away in Florida or hidden in the depths of the sea. It's not something where we have to scale some sort of hard mountaintop to find. The treasure, the greatest treasure this world has ever known is found very clearly in the Word of God and has been revealed to us today. And I wonder today, have you looked at the map? Have you looked and used the tools that God has given us to find Jesus Christ. Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. I wonder, have you found Him? And do you know Him? Notice what it says in Psalm chapter 16, verses number 8 through 11. Verse number 1 says this, I have, or verse number 8, I'm sorry, says this, I have set the Lord always before me, because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life, and thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. What a thought. This is what we are looking for. Verse number 11. Life joy and pleasures. But how do we obtain such things? Notice what it says in verse number 8. Really, this these first words in verse number 8 are the key that opens this door of, of the blessings and greatness that can be found in God. Notice what it says. Verse number 8, I have set the Lord always before me. I have set the Lord. If you look in, in Acts chapter 2 as the, the, uh, the Apostle Peter stands and preaches on the day of Pentecost. Believe it or not, this is his passage of Scripture that he refers to. A gospel message, no doubt. Verse number 25, it says this, For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw, foresaw the Lord always before my face. The key this morning to having the pleasures of life, the key this morning to knowing true joy, the key this morning to life, it's to set the Lord before your face. I have set the Lord before me. Set your eyes upon Him. Turn your focus. Turn your focus unto the Lord. I don't know where you're looking today. I don't know where your focus is today. I don't know where your heart is today or, or where you are seeking for, for peace or where you are seeking for joy or where you are seeking for happiness. But it is found nowhere else but in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the psalmist says, I have set my eyes on Him. I have set my face to the Lord. I have set the Lord before me. There is an act here. There is a step of action. And I wonder this morning, where is God in your life? I wonder this morning, where have you put the Lord? Can you say with the psalmist, can you say with David that I have set the Lord before me? He's in front of me. He's before me. Or I wonder, have you set the Lord this morning on the back seat? I wonder, have you set the Lord this morning on the bottom shelf? I wonder, have you taken the Lord this morning in your life and put Him in the spare room and put Him in the closet where you can go and find Him when you need Him? Maybe this morning I'll, I'll put on the Lord. Or I wonder, is He someone? Is He in your life constantly? I wonder, is the Lord, can you say, I have set Him? 
in front of me. I wonder, have you put him out of your heart and mind? You go to the streets, you go to the open air, and you begin to, to see people, and no doubt that people, their conscience bears witness. They see creation. They know there is a God in heaven and on earth. They know it. The Scriptures tell us it. The, the fact that they are so angered by the fact that you would share that love of Jesus Christ with them reveals that they know there is a God who they're wrong with, that they're not right with. But so many of them push Him away. They set Him aside. They know that God is there. They know that there's a Creator who loves them. They know that God is revealing Himself through His Word. Yet they push Him away. I wonder, is that you? I wonder, are you pushing God out of your life? You are, you are here week after week. You hear the Gospel message. You hear your need of a Savior. Yet you continue to push it aside. You continue to ignore it. Maybe maybe you're here this morning because a friend has told you time and time and time again that you need to get right with God, but you push Him aside. So many people live this way, knowing their need. Knowing. Knowing that without Christ, they will spend eternity in hell. Yet they push Him aside. The saddest part is that this truth is true also for many Christians. They could not say with David that I have set the Lord before me. Because the reality is, as though they've put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we just often come back and, and seem to, oh, it's Sunday, I better, I better set the Lord before me because today's the Lord's day. Or maybe, maybe you're one of those people who, you know, I set the Lord before me first thing in the morning. I look to Jesus in the morning, but the rest of the day, I look to myself. I look to the world. I look to whatever else would satisfy my soul. I wonder, will you set your eyes on the Lord? I have set the Lord before me. Where is God in your life? Where is God in my life? When, when it comes to preaching, one of the things that you have to understand is, is before a preacher ever gets up and, and preaches the word, he, he has to first study it and know it for himself and it, and it begins to take hold in his own life. And the reason I'm here this morning, the reason I'm in this passage this morning is because I know in my own heart and life that I fail at this. Because notice, notice there's one word in this verse and these, these, this set of words that is very, very intriguing and very, uh, Convicting, I, I can say. It says this, I have set the Lord, and then this next word, always before me. Always before me. See, many of us under this marquee, I, I hope, would say, you know what, the Lord is before me, but I wonder, is He always before you? When, when, when you wake up first thing in the morning, I wonder, do you look to Jesus? When you begin to have your breakfast and, and begin to start your day, I wonder, do you look to Jesus? I wonder, as the day begins to progress and things get hard and, and work starts to, to bear down on you and, and life is starting to catch up to you, every morning it seems to happen at some point, life starts to wear on, wear, wear us out. And I wonder, are you looking to Jesus? As the day goes on into the afternoon, into the evening, is the Lord always set before you? We like to, we like to look to him, don't we? When we're in need, 
We like to look to the Lord. We like to set Him before us when our problems and our troubles are great. But I wonder, when things are going well, when life is, is going by smoothly, do you look to the Lord? It's easy to look to the Lord when things are hard, but what about when things are going well? Set your affection on things above. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. John chapter 3 says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Numbers 21 says that whosoever would look upon the serpent would live. I wonder, are you looking to Him today? Have you set Him before your face? I have set the Lord always before me. Stop taking a turn with the Lord. Put Him before you always. Not once a week, not in the morning, not right before bed. But may the Lord have His rightful place in our lives. Oh, that we would desire Him and thirst after Him. That we would seek Him and hunger Him. Always. We need Jesus. The world is so distracting. But we need Him. We need the Lord. But notice what it says. Verse number 8. I have set the Lord always before me. That's His place. That's where God must be in the life of the believer. In the life of those this morning that are here. You need Him. And because of that, notice what it says. I have set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. In other words, I have set the Lord before me and because He is there, because He is at my right hand, the, the right hand that the king would, would keep at His right hand, the, 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 the guard or His defender, the one who was to protect the king, if you will. The sword was in the right hand. There's a, there's a picture there of, of defense and of battle. But, but the picture is that because the Lord is there with us, He is our guard. He is our shield. We have put Him before us. The action is made that I have put the Lord in His rightful place. And because of that, notice what He says. I shall not be moved. Verse number 9. Because the Lord is in His rightful place, my heart is glad. Because God is at my right hand, my glory rejoiceth. Because I have set the Lord before me, my flesh also shall rest in hope. Because God is the one I'm looking to. He will not leave my soul in hell. Verse number 10. He will not suffer the Holy One to see corruption. Verse number 11, because God has His place in my life, He will show me the path of life. Because I have set the Lord always before me, His presence brings fullness of joy. Because God is the God that I have set my affections on, at Thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. These are the treasures to be had. These are the riches, the wealth that can be found for you and for me today. They are in the Lord. And because we put Him where He belongs, when God Almighty, when the Lord Jesus Christ, when the Spirit is put in His rightful place in our lives, everything else is satisfied. The treasures of the Christian life are not found, I'm sorry to say, they're not found just in this marquee. They're not found in the fact that things are a bit different in this church than other churches. It might be compelling, but that alone is not the treasure that is here. 
The treasure is not in the wood chips. The treasure is not in the, the fancy chandeliers. The treasure is not in all that we have here. The treasure is in Jesus Christ. And if you're here this morning and you're seeking, you don't know where to turn. You don't know why your soul is still unsatisfied. You don't know why joy seems to be unfound in your life. You don't know where to get it. Can I tell you, it is in no other place but in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do we, why do we so often fail at this? Even as Christians, we're unsatisfied. We're unhappy. We're uncontent. There's no joy. We, we are, we are wretched murmurers and complainers. We, we are people who have, who have learned to, to, to put the makeup on our sins to make it look a little better. But the reality is at night it comes off. And you and I are still broken. It's very tempting sometimes to, to make the study of God's Word and, and the, the understanding of great doctrines and great swelling truths and make this, this the be-all, end-all. Or, or maybe, maybe to make the work of the Lord the be-all, end-all. But can I tell you, it all is in Christ and nowhere else. I have set the Lord always before me. All these things are found. Why do we settle for anything less? Why do we settle for this world? Why do we settle for the pleasures of, of this world? When there are infinite pleasures, there are treasures, there are unsearchable riches that are found in Christ. All that the world is searching for is only found in Christ. Now we don't have time in this, these few verses, 8 through 11, nor, nor the entirety of the Psalm 16, starting in verse 1 to 11. We don't have time to look at all the blessings and all the treasures that could be unpacked here, but I do want to draw your attention to verse number 11. Verse number 11 is, is the verse, believe it or not, that, that really stood out to me as I was reading a, a children's devotional by Francis Ridley Havergale. And, uh, the truths that the children need are the same truths that we need, aren't they? But there is a mention of this verse, verse number 11. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. There's a very, very simple thought there. There are three segments, right? Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is the, full, in, in thy presence is the fullness of joy. And at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Three things that, that this verse, this one verse reveals to us. Life, joy, and pleasure. Oh, the, the three things, and then no doubt probably other things, but three things that we are seeking. Life, joy, and pleasure. How many, I wonder this morning, are seeking the perfect life? How many times have you heard somebody look at somebody's life and say, man, they're really living the life. They're living large. They've got it all figured out. Life seems to be going. They've got a good job. They've got a nice home. They've got a big house, maybe multiple houses. They've got lots of holidays. They can travel abroad and all these things. They've got nice clothes, nice watches. They're really living the dream. They've got life. But the reality is that's not life. Having nice cars isn't life. 
Having a big house and, and nice watches isn't life. Going, going on holiday and going on trips isn't, isn't really living the life. Can I tell you what true life is? True life is found in Jesus Christ because He said, I am the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's, that's true life. And maybe today you're seeking the riches of this world, the life that is found in this world. It does not satisfy. I'm young. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm not the, the, the one to, to listen to. You've heard it said a hundred times. John D. Rockefeller said it on his deathbed. How, how much money is enough? He said, one more dollar. Why? Because it does not satisfy. Young people, you listen to this. This world has nothing to offer you. So many of you, 14, 15, 16 years old, and all you want is to live the dream. Life is found in Christ alone. Don't listen to me. Come talk to some of our uh, the older folk in this church, they'll tell you. Jesus Christ will show us the path of life. You can try to make your own way, but can I tell you, man's way is not sufficient. And it will not satisfy. What's encouraging is, is that verse number 11 tells us that He will show it to us if we set Him before us. If you look to Jesus, if you set your affections on things above, if you set your eyes and your gaze upon the Lord, guess what? He is going to show you the path. Some people say, well, what, what does God want from my life? Where, where do I need to go? What do I need to do? Well, I wonder, are you looking to Him? Or are you looking somewhere else? It's going to be hard to see where Jesus wants to lead you if you're not looking to Him. Life. Joy. Maybe, maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, I don't need riches. I don't need to live the dream. I don't need the clothes or the watches. I don't need the cars and the houses. But I just want a little bit of joy. Just a little bit of happiness. Just a little bit of peace. Friends and family. Maybe, maybe it's just need to get out in nature. I'll go for a long hike and find joy. Maybe, maybe I'll go into a room and sit with my legs crossed like a pretzel and, and I'll meditate. And that'll make me happy. That'll give me joy. Maybe I need to, to work out. Maybe I need to find your happy place. Maybe for you, that happy place is cooking. Maybe for you, that happy place is, is going fishing. Maybe, maybe you find joy in, in some sort of hobby in this world. But all of those things run out. True joy is only found in the presence of God. Some people think, I need, I need a vacation. I need to go find some joy. And don't, don't get me wrong, there are times when we need to rest. But our rest is not at the beach. Our rest is not on the mountaintop. Our rest is in the Lord. And you might need to spend time away so that you can find the quietness to be in the Lord. The, the Lord went uh, to the mountaintop. Moses went to the mountaintop. We see people got alone with God. And maybe you need that to take your family and be alone with God. But what would it be like if our holidays 
were times when we spent with the Lord instead of just going after the world. For You know what? It's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes when we go on holiday, we go farther away from the Lord. Go-karting. Beach trips. Whatever. I don't know what your holidays are. But just going after the pleasures of the world. Let us seek the Lord. Joy is found in Him. Notice what it says. In thy presence. So in the Lord's presence. In, in, in His tabernacle, if you will. With Him. Notice what it says. It's not, it doesn't say in thy presence is joy. No, no, no. It says in thy presence is fullness of joy. It is complete. It is total. It is full. It is fat. It is satisfying. I don't just get a bit of joy from the Lord and then the rest comes from somewhere else. All the joy that you need is found in the Lord. Maybe you're here this morning and you're single. Maybe you're here this morning and you're widowed. Maybe you're here this morning and you're childless or fatherless. You're hurting. You're unwell. You're declining in health. You're weary. Your joy this morning is found in the Lord. Is found in Him. All the joy that could ever be had, all the joy that you could ever need is found in Jesus Christ and nowhere else. Life, joy, and pleasure. I just want satisfaction. I just want pleasure. I just want to feel good. Millions last night went seeking for pleasure. Millions in this country went for the pleasures of this world. Last night, they went to the bottle. Last night, they went to the drugs. Last night, they went to men and women seeking for pleasure, seeking for a buzz, seeking for a high, seeking for a good feeling. But guess what? Every single one of them this morning woke up wanting more. Unsatisfied. Probably worse off than they were yesterday. Why? Because this world does not offer pleasure. And they'll have to go after it again tonight or next week. They'll have to seek for it again because this world does not satisfy. Nothing in this world can give us pleasure. Christ alone brings true pleasure. And it doesn't run out. It doesn't fade. It doesn't wear out. It doesn't break down. It doesn't leave you. Notice what it says. At thy right hand, in the presence of God, There are pleasures forevermore. Those pleasures that are enduring, that your soul needs, and that your soul truly is seeking after, whether you recognize it or not, is found in Christ. It is found in Christ. Now, the Apostle Peter in Acts chapter 2, he used these verses. He used this passage of Scripture, Psalm 16, on the day of Pentecost. And he stood up and he preached out of these very verses, in, in verse number 25 of Acts chapter 2, the Scriptures say, For David speaketh concerning himself, I foresaw, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for He is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt leave my soul in hell. Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Now, 
Peter saw something in these verses. No doubt, no doubt there is a, a satisfaction for us in these verses. But these verses also reveal to us our Lord and Savior. Verse number 29. Peter's words, no doubt, are far stronger than my own. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. In other words, he's saying David understood. David's dead. David is gone. David is still in the sepulcher. But David knew something. David knew that his seed would bring a Messiah. Verse number 31. He's seeing this before. Before it ever happened. This is prophecy, right? Before it ever happened, spake of the resurrection of Christ. That his soul was not left in hell. Neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus, Jesus Christ, hath God raised up whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into heaven, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit down until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel, and I say this this morning, let all those under this tent know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, it's our sins that He was crucified. Both Lord and Christ. And I wonder this morning, I wonder as you sit here, is Jesus Christ your Lord? Is He your Savior? Have you set Him before you this day? Today is the day of salvation. And believer, today is the day that you and I need to set Christ in front of us and stop looking away. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray and ask that Thy Word would speak to us. Lord, that it would speak to me all the more. Let us pursue this great wealth that is found in Christ alone. I thank Thee for sending Thy Savior, sending Thy Son, to be a propitiation, to be the price, to be our Redeemer, that He would die for our sins, that He would purchase us with His blood, that, that we might not have to shed our own blood because Christ has shed it for us. Let us accept this sacrifice. I pray for those this morning that are lost and we know that they are here. And I ask that thou save their souls. Please reach down from heaven and, and make a difference in them. We pray these things in Jesus Christ.